Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing conducting a personal year-end money review. Buddy, we are getting towards the end of the year, and we want this to be an empowerment episode, right? We want folks to start looking towards 2021. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a better year. <laughs> We're <laughs> than, all hoping that. In the year that it's been. But you can't really move forward until you look at the past, until you look at what this year has actually been like for you. And so we're going to talk about ways to do that effectively during this episode, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. Conducting a, a year-end money review can be just really, really helpful in assessing how you did and then helping frame, like you said, the upcoming year, like how you're going to tackle that when it comes to your finances. So we'll give you, in particular, five questions to think through in this episode that will really help you conduct that year-end review, whether it's just you by yourself or whether it's you and a partner. And we'll get to that in just a second. But Matt, uh, first, I wanted to ask you, uh, frugal or cheap? Uh, We haven't done one in a minute. So uh, is it frugal or cheap to have holes in your socks? Oh, man. Okay. So for me, I'm going to have to side, I think, on frugal. Because for me, at least the way my socks wear down, the the way I get holes in my socks, I don't really notice when I get holes in my socks. It's not until I'm walking around with socks on inside the house and uh, it feels a little grippier <laughs> that I realize that, oh, that's my actual foot that's in contact with the, with the hardwood floors, right? It's not the, the slippery sock on the bottom. There's some actual points of contact happening between my foot and the floor. I think that's actually when I notice that I do have holes in my socks. Uh, and so for me, it doesn't necessarily 
take away from the function of my socks to have a few holes in it. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna side with frugal. So I don't, at I don't point, really care. At what point do you discard your socks? Andy? is there a point of no return where you're like, all right, this thing's done. I need some new ones. When they're no longer functional, I think. <laughs> or, or like if I if I'm wearing them and I've got a pair of shoes on and I can tell that there's holes in my socks and it's kind of bothering me, I would then be willing to toss those in the trash, I guess, or you know, or put them in the rag box. You know, use it to wipe down the windows, whatever you do with them. Okay. But, but what about you? Uh, so I'm gonna say, uh, you know, I probably would have been with you a few years back. Maybe it was frugal to extend the life of something with holes in it um i'm getting a little pickier about <laughs> my socks not having holes like, like so you know you, you got we got down the the winter gear uh, you know at the end of november in atlanta like you know over thanksgiving it was still like 70 degrees so you really don't it even was. need winter socks it's cold so, now yeah so i'm starting to get into some socks that i haven't really worn much <laughs> and i'm like oh wait these have holes in them from last year um and <laughs> i don't mind tossing a few and maybe buying a new pack of socks man you are such a sock snob <laughs> you got like one or two pairs of bombas and now you're like i need to have nothing but bombas <laughs> those <laughs> are great socks on my feet no but, i i really it doesn't I, I don't care like honestly brand typically like i'm usually going to costco for my socks do your socks say kirkland across the toe no i don't think they do i don't <laughs> think so because that would be awesome but in particular you can get a, some decent socks what four pairs for 10 bucks something like that um and so i don't mind discarding a couple of the ones that are the holiest and getting some that are gonna actually keep my feet warm all winter long <laughs> So yeah, if they kept my feet from being warm, you know, if I felt like there was a lot of cold air shooting in, you know, making my foot cold because there's a hole, I would I would do that. But in my mind, it doesn't take away from the functionality. On a more embarrassing note, I've got I've got a lot of pairs of underwear actually with holes in them as well, and the same thing applies. Like I don't even realize that they're there except that I can see them. But guess what, dude? Nobody else sees those holes except for Kate and the kids occasionally, and they like to make fun of me. They're like, "Daddy, there's holes in your <laughs> in your <laughs> underwear," and I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, so... But if it was affecting how they fit or, you know, how they feel against my skin, yeah, then I'll definitely make a change. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, it's nice to know that we can come down on different sides of frugal or cheap. Uh, I'm going to say it's a little cheap to have too many holes in your socks. You know, maybe one small hole is fine. But once you get to the level of like three meaningful holes, like ditch them, get some new ones. And, um, you know, socks are pretty inexpensive typically. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever darned any of your socks? No, I haven't. No, I've never <laughs> learned like, that skill. Like Eleanor Rigsby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's old school. I mean, it's like our grandparents' generation. They would, of course, darn socks. But socks are pretty cheap now. So you don't really have to darn them anymore. It seems like that might be a waste of time. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. It just depends. It all depends on the individual. And actually, we're going to kind of talk about some of that this episode. But before we do, man, let's talk about the beer. On this episode, you and I are drinking a beer that is a part of Westbrook's Fruitwood and Time series. And this one is a Montmorency. Is that how you say that? I don't know. Montmorency or Montmorency and Balaton Cherry. I don't know if I said either of those words correctly. Yeah, so do two different kinds of uh, <laughs> cherry in this hour uh, by Westbrook. Looking forward to having this one on the show, man. Yeah, the one that we had on Monday that was similar to this. So good. Makes <laughs> me really look forward to this one. So Me too, me too. All right, let's get on to the subject at hand. We are talking about conducting a personal year-end money review. And this is so important, right? 2020 has been a whirlwind of a year. And um, we've all had to kind of cut ourselves some slack in some areas of our lives that have been majorly altered due to COVID. Some people, some of our listeners are working with a partner in a studio apartment, and they've never had to do that before. They're literally back-to-back working on computers, <laughs> and it's been a terrible experience. It's like Forrest Gump and Bubba. You know, they're, <laughs> they're sitting there in the mud, in the trenches, working hard, back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it's been annoying, right? It's been frustrating. Um, and, and, you know, other people have had to do work from home while facilitating virtual school for 
one kiddo, two kiddos or more. Also a really difficult experience. Like 2020 has obviously produced a number of difficulties in our lives. And for many of us, it's also created some financial hardships at the same time. So we want to take that into account on this episode while also prompting everyone to ask themselves some important questions to see how your financial life has fared over the past 12 months. So these questions will be helpful, hopefully, as you measure your progress and as you consider the financial goals that you want to achieve going into the next year, into 2021. Yeah. And and man, it's hard to know how to move forward, right? And the steps to take if you haven't reflected on the past. Um, As we are reaching the end of the year, like there are probably still a lot of unanswered questions. That's a part of the world that we're living in at the moment. But there are also some questions that you can ask yourself that will not only help you to realize that this year just wasn't a complete throwaway year. Not only that, but it'll also give shape to your plan for next year. And so think of these questions as helping you to begin your financial year in review. Yeah, we mentioned early on that if you have a significant other, a partner, these are great questions to discuss together, to go through together. Given how much of our lives revolve around earning, saving, and spending money, it's actually amazing how rarely some couples have conversations about their personal finances. And a year-end review can actually be the perfect kickoff if you guys haven't been intentional this year to discuss together. You might have a different perspective on some of these things, and that can be good. (laughs) Opposites attract typically, right? And so um, you're not always on the same page with our partner, and actually diverging opinions in these conversations can be good and can spur us towards growth. Uh, But it's also really, really good to get on the same page with your significant other so that you're working together towards the same goal as a team. Yeah, having a common goal is super important. And I'll be honest, man, uh, having year-end reviews and looking to the year ahead gets me super excited. (laughs) (laughs) Just to turn the calendar? Well, not just to turn the calendar, but just to plan and to dream a little bit, you know, as far as like, what are we going to put our money towards and trying to organize it as best as we can. It's it's never perfect, right? Because life comes up and like things happen. There's always kind of pivots and movements we have to make during the year. But the ability to sit down and to forecast and to think through, it's like, okay, this is what we want our life to look like a little bit. Let's make sure we're putting our dollars towards that. So, you know, for me to hear that, you know, there's some folks out there and they just haven't talked about money with their significant other. Obviously, you and I, we're money nerds. Uh, this is something that we talk about often. But for me in particular, when it, when it comes to looking at the budget, I really geek out. And the reason, you know, you geek out is because like we're talking about numbers here, right? Like we're talking about a budget. And so as you're looking at how this year has gone, uh, it's helpful to have a record of your spending in front of you, right? You know, budgets, they are helpful, but depending on your level of commitment to your budget, all those numbers listed out in Excel, it, it might just be more of an aspirational goal than, than your reality, right? And so that's what's so great about software like Mints and YNAB, uh, You Need a Budget is that they automatically track your spending for you. So even if you're overspending in certain categories and you feel like your budget is in shambles, it's still important to see where things are and what the reality actually is. You know, it's a way for you to pull your head out of the sand and it'll add a level of concreteness. You know, this is especially helpful too when it comes to a conversation with your significant other that can oftentimes be difficult. Yeah, that's where Emily and I went wrong early on in our marriage in particular. It was not having the concrete numbers and you know, I would be kind of an emotional spender or emotional saver and that would prompt uh, conversations in the moment which weren't really helpful. Um, we needed to actually sit down and look at the facts and figures together in order to be able to have a rational conversation about the subject. Makes me think of the old running shoe story, uh, that classic Joel and Emily story. <laughs> Where Emily was like, why don't you want me to have any running shoes? Like, why are you so cheap? 
<laughs> I'm like, no, I do. I just want you to get them on sale. Let's just get them on sale. Yeah, yeah get the same shoes for way less. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's get into the questions. We literally have five questions we want to run through today that I think will help spur your year-end money review that will give it some direction. Right, question number one is, did I or did we reach our financial goals in 2020? Uh, did you have a debt payoff goal or an income goal you wanted to hit or a savings goal that you were striving for? It's time to check in and see how you did. If you crushed those goals, then you should spend some time celebrating your achievements. We're actually going to have an episode in a couple of weeks where Matt and I share the 2020 money wins from the How to Money community. And we're going to celebrate uh, our community wins together, celebrating those money wins in your house um, as a couple, especially if you've had to overcome major obstacles, is a good way to head into the new year. Yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to that episode. And again, so the question we're asking here is, did I reach my goals? And if you weren't able to meet those goals, it's important to ask yourself, what held you back? You know, if the pandemic is your answer, like you, know, you mostly get a pass, like we've discussed here. Yeah, 2020 pa- pa- pandemic is a good excuse. It's, it's not like the the kid excuse. Dog ate my homework. Right, right, right. It's a legitimate excuse for most people. <laughs> a lot of things have come into our lives that you know we couldn't have predicted, and you know many of us were just trying to keep our heads above the water. Right. It's true that tens of millions of Americans have sought unemployment benefits. You know since the spring. But at the same time, we can kind of balance that a little bit. We can kind of couch it uh, because, you know, there's additional stimulus and benefits provided by the CARES Act. Uh, and that likely shored up many Americans this past year. It's it's also a likely reason, too, as to why the overall credit card debt levels are actually lower right now than they've been in years. Yeah. According to stats from the New York Fed, you have to go back to 2017, actually, in order to see credit card debt levels as low as they are at the moment. So that has been good news in a year fraught with bad news, right? So um, aside from the massive things that are taking place in our world, it's also important to, to look at the different money moves that you made on a personal level. Did you attempt to earn more or did you push for a raise when you could have or should have? And what did you do with that stimulus check? Did you use it or did you spend it unwisely? Did you peter it away on little purchases and you don't actually maybe even remember where that money went to? Luckily, I can remember every single craft beer I've had this year. <laughs> well, you bought a bike with yours too, right? That's definitely something I can point to. I felt like I was doing a you know decent job there supporting REI. They had a nice bike on sale. But yeah, a bike and uh, the stove as well. You know, that's something Kit and I are gifting to each other. I feel like those are my two splurge purchases this year. That, But I can definitely point to those things and both of those have, have brought a lot of joy to my life. Yeah, and that's helpful, right? to be able to see where the money went. And if you kind of spent it uh, frivolously, well, it kind of stinks because you could have potentially put that extra money towards you know, a, per- a meaningful purchase or towards pursuing and achieving a money goal that you had. And so when you're looking at the specific money moves that you made in your life, and if you fell short of some of those goals, it's the perfect time to ask yourself the question, why? Not to shame yourself or pile on uh, with the fact that you weren't able to get to the place that you wanted to be, but to pinpoint the specific areas in which you could have done better or where you did fall short. Maybe you fell into a habit of ordering way too much Uber Eats or Grubhub, right? I mean, that that was a pattern that certainly a lot of people fell into this year. But it's important to know that when you're doing your year-end financial review so that you can make changes to prevent that from being the case um, again next year. Right. Yeah. And in the end, we have a lot more control over our lives than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. You know, these questions that we're asking today can help inform the habits and the behaviors that we want to continue in 2021. And we have several other questions that we're going to ask on the show today, including other questions about our spending. And so we'll get to those right after the break. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. 
It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest they are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, Or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
All right, we're back from the break. We're talking about conducting a personal year-end money review. This is so helpful as we get close to wrapping up 2020. We're moving into a new year. This is the time where you can ask yourself a few specific questions that will really help you see how you handled your money in 2020 and how you can do better next year. And question number two on the list that we think you should be asking is, where did I spend money that brought me the most joy this year? Matt, you just named a couple of yours. You got the bike and the wood-burning stove. Yeah. Those things brought a lot of joy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I uh, narrowly missed out on an inflatable hot tub on Black Friday. (laughs) I was aiming for that. That would have brought me a lot of joy. I was a little bummed that uh, that I missed out on that one, man. Did did we share on the show that you were thinking about doing that? No, I don't think we did. I was totally going to be a redneck and have an inflatable (laughs) hot tub in my backyard, and I was okay with it. And I was so bummed when you told me. You texted me right after you found out that they didn't have any more. They had a limited supply. But I think it was one of those lost leaders, you know, that they're trying to get folks to through the door or in your case like onto Online, their web, yeah. website to, I to think they have like shopping. almost no stock truly it's like here's five of them <laughs> exactly <laughs> for the whole country and you're competing against 330 million people in order to get these five um, so yeah I did not get my discounted inflatable hot tub that would have been one of my top purchases been awesome. of the year but um, yeah where did you spend money that brought you the most joy this year and, and also a secondary question along those lines is how did my spending align with my values this is something that's obviously incredibly important to Matt and I we talk about it a lot on the show part of the reason we have a craft beer on every episode is because craft beer is a spending area in our budgets that does align with our values in a big way. We really like beer, at least in moderation. And before the break, we touched on how our ability to earn and then put that money towards financial goals is so powerful and a great way to self-evaluate. But thinking through the different ways that we spend our money can be just as important too. Right? Even though uh, savings goals are often related to spending, sometimes they can feel pretty far off and distant. So uh, looking at some of the immediate and tangible ways that we spend our money is just another great question to ask when it comes to uh, a year-end money review. And I think actually, Matt, it just reminds us of the purchases that we did make this year that mattered and is a great reinforcement (laughs) that when we do spend our money wisely, it pays off in a big way. Yeah. And I feel like this is a question we don't often ask ourselves. You know, like we don't often look back. We don't look to the past and evaluate. We're just almost always looking forward, trying to improve, optimize, maximize, right? Uh, But it really is so helpful to see the areas where our spending has had a positive impact, you know? And so ask yourself, you know, did that uh, Airbnb getaway do the trick to help you to, to rest and relax? Or Yes. The answer is yes, it did. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Uh, or like maybe you bought something, right? Maybe uh, a new TV really did create some super awesome home movie nights when the, the movie theaters have been closed. If so, that's excellent. But write these things down or just call them out, point them out so that you can connect that purchase to the positive results that it provided. It can even make sense to put more money in the budget towards the things that really moved the needle for you in 2020. You know, we're not advocates of kind of this blind across the board uh, spending cuts where it's just like, okay, it doesn't matter what it is. We're going to cut spending in all areas. If you were to do that, that sounds like a a path to misery. (laughs) You know, we're not looking for more deprivation in our lives. Instead, we're looking to maximize the enjoyment that we get from spending money in the, the areas of our life that matter most to us. Yeah, I completely agree, Matt. And I think the way that you can funnel more dollars towards those things that you just named, that you just called out, that were really important areas uh, where you spent money is to, on the flip side, ask yourself the question, what purchases or recurring bills 
felt like a total waste to us this year. If it was a bigger purchase, it might be pretty easy to tag something as a total dud. Like let's say I did get that hot tub and it, the inflatable hot tub just didn't work very well. <laughs> I might be like, man, that was a waste <laughs> of 200 bucks. Um, but uh, the smaller regular expenses we have can make this a bit harder of a question to answer, right? Uh, so to get to the bottom of it, look at Mint like you mentioned, Matt, or wherever you track your spending and do some analysis. Or if you potentially buy a lot of items on Amazon. If that's your go-to place to order stuff, looking at your order history can be helpful. You can ask yourself what items aren't worth it now that you look back at your spending for the year. And then this can influence how you pare back your budget in order to then use your money in a way that aligns with your values even more, uh, especially as we go into next year. Well, before we move on, because you brought up the hot tub again, it makes me think about <laughs> like on Instagram, I get fed these like off the grid cabins or these tree houses out in the woods, like, you know, with hipsters, <laughs> like with their legs, legs hanging off, they're drinking their coffee, you know, that kind of thing. They're marketing to the right dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I've seen these wood stove powered hot tubs. And so they're what? like these. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's basically the culmination of both of our interests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're kind of like these metal basins. I, I think they're like horse feeding troughs or whatever, but they're like these giant metal tubs or galvanized steel, I think. And they've got a, a wood burning stove next to them. And the, there's a pipe that runs from the hot tub and it kind of runs through the, the stove, I guess. And it runs back into the hot tub and it circulates the water and you got a hot tub and you've also got a wood-burning stove right there next to you. Uh, so it kind of sounds like the perfect thing that you and I should go in together on. Yeah, that's a sweet <laughs> combo right there, man. Little tangent, little little side note. It just kind of popped into my mind uh, just then. But all right, let's keep moving, though. The third question that we want to make sure that we tackle this episode uh, is one that pertains to time, right? And so the question we're going to propose uh, that you ask yourself is, do most of my days look the way that I would like them to look? Uh, up until now, we've been focusing purely on money. But it is also important to evaluate how it is that we are spending our time. You know, until you're financially independent, time and money are closely related to one another, you know, often inversely to each other. And the thing is, we can often find ways to, to make more money or to spend less money. But time, dude, it's truly a limited resource. And so it's important for us to evaluate this area in our lives as well. Yeah. So, so asking yourself, how am I spending my time? is a question that most of us don't typically ask, but it's a perfect question to ask in your personal year-end review. Obviously, not every day looks exactly like we all want it to. I personally do not live a perfectly synchronized life. Um, Matt, you and I, we still have conflicts with our kids, our spouses, and each other, even though we're best friends sometimes. You know, Say it ain't so. <laughs> just <laughs> on occasion. It doesn't happen often. Uh, I can see us arguing over the size of the hot tub. Like, <laughs> no, I, I want the 13-footer, Joel. Come on. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'd defer to you on size. I would. I would. Um, and, and, you know, some days are busier than I'd like them to look, but ultimately and truly, most of my days, they do kind of look and reflect what I want my life to look like. And so that's a great question for us all to ask ourselves because there are changes that we can make, right? Because you might realize that, that you wish you were home for dinner every night with the family and that you're missing that currently, but that there's a change you can make in order to make that happen. Maybe you can change that even right now with some small schedule tweaks. And if you can't work towards that being the norm soon, if that is a top priority in your life. And, and there are all sorts of things that are going to come out when you're asking this question about what your time looks like. Maybe even go back to uh, an episode we released almost a year ago with our buddy 5am Joel, where he talked about getting up at 5am and how that has oh, yeah. drastically changed his life. And that's the kind of thing that many of us could make a change in. Um, but oftentimes, maybe we're just uh, a little too lazy or reticent to, um, to make that happen. 
Yeah, that was a good one. We'll uh, make sure to link to that one in our show notes, that episode there with 5 a.m. Joel. But, you know, it's important to make sure that we are spending our time in a way that is consistent with our ideals and with our values. This is a, a great chance to think about how fulfilled you are and what your work days look like as well, you know? Uh, do you need a, a change there? If so, think about some of the best ways you could possibly pivot. It's easy to keep doing the same thing and never asking ourselves those introspective questions. You know, we keep our heads down, and it's typically not until something forces us to ask these questions, right? Like a layoff, maybe some relationship problems, health issues. But the thing is, by then, it's more of a crisis, and we're, we're merely reacting instead of intentionally asking these questions of our own accord. Uh, I think when we ask these questions of ourselves, they, they kind of prod something in us that allows us to truly focus on the things that mean the most to us, and hopefully we are spending our time that way. And we're highlighting work here, right? But think about the other eight waking hours that you have. I know for me personally, I've kind of recently been thinking through some of the chores and some of the like house projects I do around the house. Obviously, it's the frugal thing to do, right? If you do it yourself, typically you're going to save money. But like, think through what you're giving up by doing those things instead of maybe some other things that you value. The thing is, though, what's so difficult for me is I, I personally get a lot of value out of working with my hands, out of seeing something that I've created or maintained or, or destroyed. <laughs> right? um, and so there's a lot more to consider than just the cost of things. I've been splitting a lot of wood recently in order to, to feed the, the, the stove. But I know when I do that, when I spend my time doing that, uh, I, you know, I like doing something with my hands, but it's also a good workout, man. Like it's good for my back. <laughs> and as I get older, I want to make sure I have a strong back. That way when I'm wrestling around with the kids and they run and jump on me, it doesn't like screw me up. Break you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so just, that's just something to keep in mind. It's not about, okay, well, what's the most important? There are other benefits that we do receive from the different tasks that we're doing. Uh, and it's good to keep those things in mind as well. Yeah. yeah. For me, when I ask myself this question, I seriously, like the thing I come up with is I want some more time to play disc golf. And, and so uh, that is just one of the places where I'm able to clear my head, you know, whether it's with a friend or it's solo walking around on a, on a disc golf course, chucking a disc. That is for me, uh, one of the things I find most relaxing. And I, I want more of that in 2021. <laughs> so I'm going to make it happen. Uh, but there is a flip side, Matt, to asking questions about uh, the way we want our days to look. And we're going to talk about that, plus a couple more questions you need to ask yourself um, in this year-end review. We'll get to all of that right after this break. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to kachava.com slash how to money. That's spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash how to money. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. 
Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back from the break, and we are talking about conducting your very own personal year-end money review. <laughs> Joe, you know, we were talking about how we, we spend our time before the break, and you mentioned how there's a flip side. There is sort of like this darker side to where if we're only asking those questions and not thinking about... Uh, just maybe the positives, if we're only focusing on the negatives, there's a chance it could maybe lead to some unhappiness. You know, It is important for us to find gratitude and contentment uh, so that asking these questions doesn't just completely overwhelm us. Again, your days won't always look the way that you, know, you want them to. And it's okay to, to work towards days that you know, will look more ideal for you from a, a scheduling perspective. But it also really helps to simultaneously call out the good things so that your vision for a better future doesn't taint the good stuff that you currently have in your life. You don't want to be overly focused on the future that you're not looking back to you know, these wins, to some of these successes, to some of the good things that you currently have in your life. 
I agree. I think the introspection is helpful. The uh, looking for ways you can improve is helpful. Even wanting better or more is okay. But I think it's okay to want socks that don't have holes. Though, <laughs> it's you know? totally okay to want socks that don't have <laughs> holes. And, and at, at that same time, though, it, it can take on, like you said, a dark angle where we're only thinking about the ways in which our life sucks and the ways in which we want it to be better. And that's not a healthy approach either, Matt. So yeah, that's that's a very very good point. All right, let's move on to uh, question number four that you should be asking yourself in this year-end review. And basically that's, how do I want 2021 to look different? And this question should certainly be looked at in a personal finance context. You might want to contribute more to your retirement accounts or, or beef up your emergency fund or increase the amount of money that you have in savings. But I think this question should also spur maybe an even deeper conversation about what you want your life to look like too. I feel like we're getting a little existential here, Matt, but uh, <laughs> I think those desires are going to inform the changes that you can make now as well as like long-term changes that you can be working towards too. And, and that question of how you want next year to look different from this year, obviously, uh, hopefully no coronavirus is one way that we would all want 2021 to look different, right? A vaccine that just brings our lives back to more of a state of normalcy. But there are certainly a bunch of other ways that we can uh, ask that question and get some interesting answers that can fuel some real change, I think, um, as we head into 2021. Yeah. And, you know, you joked about how this is like maybe borderline existential, but like it's also very practical, right? Because like up until now, we've been talking about ways that we are assessing our lives. Like we're, we're looking back, we're reflecting on the past. But the question you just asked and then the next one, they do have to do with looking forward. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, where the rubber meets the road. You, you can reflect all you want, but if you don't actually take steps to make change, then, well, things probably aren't going to look different next year than they, than they do right now. And I've heard a lot of people say that the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing, hoping for a different results. I don't think that's the actual definition of insanity. By it's the way. also attributed to like lots of different people. Yeah, like Einstein said it. No, I'm pretty sure it was Plato. You know? <laughs> so I don't know if that's accurate, but it is one of those things where if you continue to um, keep the same patterns around that you've had for years in the past, um, 2021 probably isn't going to look that different in the ways that you might hope that it would. But yeah, like we're t- what we're talking about here is thinking through like your big goals, your, your big dreams. I'm actually excited. Next Monday, we're going to have a discussion with Rachel Cruz, uh, and I'm excited for her to share some of her thoughts about dreams and, and why it is that they're so important in our lives. But uh, you know, asking these questions will demonstrate the reality that you have control over the direction of your life and your money. Obviously, some of the things that affect us are very big and we don't have control over those things. But there are so many things that we have control over on a personal level. It's why it's why this show exists. You know, we talk about personal finance. There's a reason we talk about personal finance and not societal finance <laughs> or American finance. Uh, these are things that we can control on a personal level. And each one of us has the ability to make those changes in our lives. Yeah. And I think the the 24-hour news cycle and you know, social media, just essentially the constant flow of um, information coming at us makes it hard sometimes not to concentrate too much on things that are outside of our sphere of influence, outside of things that we can actually control. And so that's what we constantly want to bring it back to um, on this show, at least, right? There are other shows that talk about the bigger societal change that needs to happen. But this show is specifically focused on the things that that you can change in your own life. And so I think, yeah, tuning some of those things out a little bit more so that you can focus a little bit more um, on your own personal life. I think that will, typically that does breed more happiness at the same time. Uh, So, all right, man, let's hit the the last question for this episode. um, The last question that people should be asking themselves in this year in money review. And I would say this is the most practical question as well, right? Like, Like the last question was good as far as like, what do you want next year to look like? But it's time to get a little more practical with it. Yeah, let's do 
do it. So the, the, the practical question is, what are the biggest levers I can pull to positively influence my finances? And as you're sitting down, you're reviewing all of this concrete information, right? You're earning, saving, and spending for this current year. It can be really easy to get bogged down in the details, especially if you have a significant other, you're going over this together. It can be tempting to start nitpicking, maybe nitpicking a purchase here or there <laughs> that we made uh, throughout the year that didn't quite hit the mark. Um, but make sure that you're focusing your efforts on the bigger money moves that you can make too. It's not that those small things aren't important and don't reflect something that needs to be changed. It's just that the, the bigger things, the bigger money levers that you can pull are often going to have a far greater impact. And so uh, those are the things that we should be maybe more focused on than the smaller things that just kind of miss the mark. Yeah, don't let yourself be distracted by those smaller things that you are missing out on some of these big opportunities, right? Like I feel like a, a small one that people point to is like the thermostat. You know, it's it's in the middle of winter, it's really cold and people are like, "Uh, I think we can take the heat down one more degree and that'll allow us to save I think X amount of dollars <laughs> every single month." Whereas the bigger question you should maybe be asking yourself is like, maybe we should be living in a more affordable city. <laughs> uh, that is the bigger move you can make, right? Uh, or I'm thinking about like keeping your tire pressure perfectly uh, at the right PSI so that you maximize your fuel economy, you know, so you get the best miles per gallon. When instead, maybe the bigger question you should be asking is, well, maybe I should sell that vehicle altogether. Like we don't really need it. It's depreciating out there in the driveway. Let's sell it. We all have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of bandwidth. And so when it comes to kind of choosing what it is that you are going to focus on, make sure that you are putting your effort and you're throwing your weight behind the things that are going to make the biggest difference, right? Yeah. yeah and I think it can, can be actually even helpful maybe to think of 2021 and, and pick a, a theme for your finances for the year. Ooh, I like that. Uh, maybe that theme can help influence some of the decisions that you're going to make. Uh, so is it maybe the year of massively increasing your income? Like you're going to do whatever it takes to make more, whether it's learn a new skill, ask for the raise, ask for a promotion, um, move to an entirely new industry or something like that. Uh, wh whatever it's going to be, maybe that's the theme for you this coming year. Or is it the year of figuring out how to live legit frugally? Like you have been a spendthrift and you haven't been able to get your spending under control. And so you have to learn all these frugal tips and you want to maximize every single one because you've kind of maybe mocked frugality a little bit in the past. <laughs> um, and you thought you could always earn more when maybe this year that that's not uh, completely the case. You are the one at the helm pulling the levers though. You get to make this decision. The smaller details are important down the road. But as we're approaching the new year, it's, it's just so important to get these big things right. And I think oftentimes Matt, we'll find that the, the smaller things do take care of themselves when we get the bigger things in place. I've found that in my life that the small mistakes that I make just really aren't of all that much importance um, if I tended to the big things really well. And I think when people are asking themselves this question about the big financial levers, I think that's really, really helpful. It's a good question to be asking um, as we're wrapping up 2020 and attempting to uh, already start to make the most of the year that's coming up. Yeah, and so hopefully this has been an encouraging episode for folks. As folks are wrapping up the year, it's very easy to look ahead and to think about the exciting things on the horizon. But I don't think you can do those things effectively uh, with the proper perspective without having looked at the year that you've already lived. And so start with the goals and the earning and spending that you've done this year. And then armed with that information, then you can start to set some of those goals for next year. But man, let's go ahead and shift it back to the beer that you and I enjoyed this episode. I'm going to let you say it this time because I <laughs> think I completely butchered it. But this is a cherry sour from Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, and it was aged in oak barrels. Uh, I'm not going to go with the <laughs> whole avoid the name naming together. convention. I don't know if there's any point in that. But uh, yeah, Westbrook, honestly, one of our favorite uh, breweries in the Southeast. They're out of uh, South Carolina. Mount Pleasant. That's right. And uh, yeah, this cherry sour was 
delightful. It was um, pretty tart, uh, strong cherry vibes, especially with like the two different kinds of cherries going on. And then a nice little like subtle, soft oakiness at the same time. I love a good sour, especially a good cherry sour. And this one, man, this one was excellent. I loved it. Dude, especially one that's been aged in oak, you know, like I, I feel like I spent a lot of time talking about splitting wood and how great it is earlier. But like one of the things I also like about it is that aromatic perfume that you get from splitting a, a, a fresh piece of beautiful white oak, you know, like it's, it just puts off this beautiful smell. And literally, as I'm out there splitting wood, it makes me think of these barrel-aged sour beers, and it makes me want to come in and drink one of them. Your mouth starts watering. <laughs> I, that is not even joking. Like That is completely true. But uh, yeah, we poured this one, and it poured like a rusty rosé color. Uh, it was really pretty. Uh, and yeah, man, that beautiful bouquet of tart cherry uh, was just so delicious. I'm glad this is one that you picked up for us recently. Glad we got to enjoy it together on the show. Yeah, me too. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks that want show notes for this episode, you can go to our website at howtomoney.com. And specifically, uh, if you want all five of those questions listed out, they will be listed out in our show notes. Um, and that can help you facilitate this year and money review for yourself or yourself and your partner. That's right. And if you enjoyed this episode, found it helpful, and maybe you've been listening to the show for a while, we would love if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a solid review and rating over there. And if you've already done that, just let a friend know. Uh, point them to an episode maybe like this uh, that allows maybe the two of you to start talking about money in ways that you can both kind of get ahead with your money. And thanks in advance for that. So Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.